This is an ABC podcast. It's time to get out and about in the garden with Rowanna and Sabrina here on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Five past nine and jolly good to be with you for another Saturday morning. Sabrina Hahn is back in the flesh. Yay! In the studio. God, I miss coming in here. <laughs> we missed having you in yeah. here. It's not quite the same just talking to you down the line. I know. And you can't, there's none of that, you know, all the secret squirrel stuff <laughs> we do in between calls. <laughs> I know. That people don't ever know about. No, nor will they. No. No, Until no, you release no. your that's, memoirs or something. That's just... <laughs> I can't even remember what I did last week, let alone write a memoirs, my God. Oh, come on. You must have thought about it. You'd have great I have, memoirs. I have. I have thought about it. I reckon what when I write my memoirs, I'll do it with my older sister who is, yeah. like all older sisters, are the keeper of so much yes. more knowledge um, and she's got exactly the same sense of humour and it would be a rip-roaring ride with a lot of laughter yeah. all the way through. Got to be an audio book. Ah, oh, yeah, with my dulcet <laughs> tones with the odd uh, kookaburra laugh here and there. No, no, what do they describe me as cockatoo? Whatever it is, mm, we love yeah, you. Yeah. How's your hand? Ah, marvellous. I've got the big plaster cast. plaster on there. Yeah, I've, got, I've gone for the high-vis pink yep. so I don't bash it up against stuff. But um, I'd say it's quite an executive look really, the little yeah, plasticky thingy jiggy I've got now. And I've got two fingers, well, my thumb and four fingers. Dexterity finger. is outstanding. Free. I tell you what, you, you can do a lot with two <laughs> fingers. <laughs> so Sab's brace is just, it's the hard... What are you, plastic? Yeah, it's like plastic it is, Covering three, they're obviously the wounded warriors that yes, are bolted down. Yes, the three down. fingies, yes. But the thumb and the index finger yeah. are poking free. Look at that. I can pick my nose. What else? Cause oh. I could stick this finger in a hole. But what can't those. you do? Uh, it's really difficult. I used to wash my face with the uh, scrubby yes. thing because I'm always out in the garden and I just get... Dirty. Stuff all over me. Mm-hmm. Can't do that one-handed. It's not the same. Um, and the other thing that's hard is when you wash your hair, when you put shampoo in your hair. Oh, it's a two-handed job. <laughs> well, you don't know how much you're pouring on your head. <laughs> uh, and sometimes you just have foam all over the bathroom floor. But everything else I'm managing can't lift heavy things. I think things. you need to get a pump. Sphere shampoo bottles. That's a very good Because that idea. hand could pump into that hand. Yeah, the broken hand a, could pump into Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very true. That's uh, – no, it a, can't because of where the what? wires are. So where you the wires the, are like, – just kind of – you could use that. Oh, could you, I could use could my pointer finger. Yeah. yeah. Into the your pointer. other hand and lather up and yeah. off you that's go. That's actually a very good point. I'm going to take that up. For more handy hints like that, oh, stay listening to Ruth. Pardon, pardon <laughs> the pardon, <laughs> row. <laughs> You're on fire this morning. <gasps> oh, wow. We're going to be on fire in a moment. Look at those phone lines. Leap and lizards, we're back in action. <laughs> we most definitely are. And there are texts rolling through. So I think probably uh, we should stop talking and maybe jump in and help some of these <sighs> well, keen, enthusiastic gardeners. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot it's work. Mm, yeah, it apparently is. this is work, bro. Well, right. it is for you from like 6am. Yeah, mm. but that's okay. Where would you rather be on a Saturday morning? Oh, never anywhere that. else. Never anywhere else. And from Bunbury, let's get the callers started. How are you this morning? Oh. Shall I go with my questions? Yes, Sorry, Anne. Anne, we totally cut off whatever you responded with. <laughs> I'm sure it was a lovely warm it, hello. It, 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 was, it was good. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> now... Help, help, help. Yes. When I, when I water my garden by hand, mm-hmm. tiny little white seed-like particles ah, appear on the top. Yes. And then I pulled out my dead hellebore mm-hmm. and found that there was tiny little white live particles in mm. there. Help, help, help. Okay. So, and what your garden has is mm-hmm. uh, it's got white fly and or mealybug and or cottony cushion skull. Mealybug when it's Sounds young. Serious. It does, it <laughs> does. Basically what it is, Anne, it's a soft-bodied um, scale and they are yeah. sap suckers. 
So mm. they're just going to suck all the sap out of particularly new growth. They attach themselves to the root system. So even if you spray the top, they're still attached to the roots. Mm. Um, so there's merely bug. There's quite a few soft-bodied scale. Uh, now, merely bug is extremely hard to get rid of. Mm. So you have to drench the soil with a neem oil and then you spray the top of the plant with a potassium soap. Okay, a neem oil and this is all on the soil? That's on the soil, but when you spray the plant, that's just for the leaves and you're going to do that with a potassium soap with a drop of the neem oil in it. Okay. Okay. So if you go to a nursery, Anne, um, and you tell them that you want neem oil and a potassium soap, they'll take you exactly to the right place to get that. Might even give you a tip or two. Ah, Who knows? Good luck with that, Anne, and thanks for giving us a call this morning. Um, Kathy and Dianella writes, is star jasmine too fragrant to cover a large mall in a small courtyard? No, it's... Um, the star jasmine has a beautiful, quite soft perfume, really. It wouldn't be overpowering. And don't forget, it only flowers in spring and summer. So There you go, Kathy. And Claire, she is on the train to the Perth Zoo, ah. but she sent a message so that she can listen to the podcast later. Ripper. What a star. And mm. get the response. Um, she'd like to know how you can tell when her pumpkins are ripe. That's a great question. So the stalk that attaches itself to the pumpkin fruit itself needs to go brown and it gets quite hard but it changes colour from green to brown and it withers a little bit so it sinks in um, and you'll see it goes brown and quite coarse. And then you do this. You do that, and if it has a hollow sound, it means that the seed's developed in the middle and it's ripe for picking. But just go by the little umbilical cord that holds the pumpkin onto the vine. Ah, there we go, Claire. You're very lucky. Now you might only listen to seven minutes of the podcast. We probably should have made you wait half an hour to keep listening. Kept a ride on at the end. So many other good tips coming your way, Claire. You should probably Ah, stay listening. (laughs) More than pumpkins here on Roots and Shoots. Uh, Let's go to Graham, who's in Gwellup. G'day, Graham. Hi, hi to you guys, and uh, when you have a problem, talk to Sabrina. Oh, Absolutely. Graham, that's lovely. <laughs> well, even your psychological problems, you know, I'd have a crack at those. <laughs> that's right. Uh, look, we planted some capsicums about six weeks ago, and they grew to about 15 centimetres or so. Yep. But then three of them have got crimpled, sort of wrinkled leaves. All of a sudden, it stopped. And I don't know whether it's a fertiliser or some no, problem. With no, it, no, whatever, no, 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 not fertiliser. Unfortunately, Graham, you've probably yep. got thrips. Thrips, oh. Now, okay. there's things called chilli thrips. There's plague thrips. There's all sorts yep. of different thrips, but they right. are out and about in force at the moment. Ah, right. Now, the problem mm. with thrips is their life cycle is very fast, so they breed mm-hmm. up quickly. They suck the sap from leaf tissue, and that's what causes the crinkling. Ah, right. So you are going to have to have a multi-pronged approach to the Mm -hmm. thrips. So everyone's roses are being hit by chilli thrips. Yours may be another sort of thrips. Um, Mm -hmm. So you need to go and get yourself some pyrethrum. Pyrethrum. Yeah. Now, the... the, don't yep. get well, okay. So the difference between pyrethrums is there's a there's an organic natural pyrethrum, but mm-hmm. it is not very stable in sunlight. So you uh, need to get right. the other pyrethrum, which is um, uh, a, a manufactured pyrethrum. Oh right. Go and get yourself a packet of potassium soap as well. Uh, you can buy it. You can buy it as a granular form that you mix up, or you can get it pre-made in a spray bottle. And also get neem oil because what you are going to do. So all those are completely safe to spray right. on edible plants. So Good. you're going to change what you spray every seven to ten days. Seven to ten days from right. this point on. 
So the first, right. your first attack is going to be pyrethrum. The second attack is going to be potassium soap. The third attack is going to be <laughs> neem oil. Now, um, for everyone that's listening who is going to ring up this morning with chili <laughs> thrips on their roses. Please don't. And mine's got absolutely hammered this year, and I didn't have any last year, but it's also on my capsicums and chilies. Mm. So, podcast this program, <laughs> listen back to what I've said. The other thing, we might as well get this over and done with <laughs> oh, now, Ro. You're on fire. Keep rolling. Okay. The other thing you need to do is you need to collect any fallen leaf matter on the ground because the thrips will be on the leaves, the eggs go into the ground, they hatch they and then mm. they fly back up. So um, because they're in plague proportions, the all the, the all the beneficial insects are never going to be able to cope with eating that many thrips. You can't see them with the naked eye. They're like a tiny, weeny little torpedo shape. If you get a dark piece of paper and you tap it, tap your leaves on the paper, you'll see tiny, with a magnifying glass, the, the thrips. Um, they're quite attractive looking, really, under a <laughs> microscope. Um, but we don't love them much. So, but you are going to have to be constant. Now, there are systemic sprays like imidacloprid, which was the... Um, well, I can't give you product names, but it was taken off the market for a short amount of time. Rose growers are using that, but what we do know is the thrips have built up a resistance to that mm. particular. So I wouldn't go with heavy systemic sprays because those ones kill the bees. All so. right. Thank you, Sab. And if you're not podcast sab- savvy, not savvy, yeah. um, <laughs> The show does stay up for the week just on mm. our website. So mm. you can go to the ABC Perth website, have a look for Saturday Brekkie, uh, look for Roots and Shoots. I think it's all on its own yep. actually. And you can um, you can listen back to the show. It stays for one week though. And so the, if chilli thrip yep. is your problem. Yep. And the other thing about chilli thrips, GDPERB, Department of Primary Industry and Regional, Regional Development. Development, they have made a fantastic sheet on chili thrips that explains the entire life cycle. Mm. Um, so just Google deep herd chili thrips, the information page will come up. Beautiful. Wendy would like to know what the name of the fruitless grapevine you mentioned before for a pergola was and ah, where she might be able so to get one. So it's called the glory vine. Glory. Glory vine. <laughs> And it is glorious in autumn. All good nurseries? Yep, yep. And they'll have them, actually they'll all be in the nurseries now. Because any deciduous plant, they don't have many of them in the nurseries because what you're buying is a stick. Nothing on it. It's not that appealing really. (laughs) It's kind of what my plants look like. Yeah, ah, do they? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sure them, I'm sure you just, I'm sure you have a beautiful garden row Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm gonna leave you thinking that but you know what i was gonna ask you a question about a hedge but brett from jalorup has a question about Ah, a hedge so let's go to him excellent hey brett oh good morning ladies um seb you sound like you're on fire this morning Uh, i've i'm rested i don't think i've slept so much as when i was on drugs it was amazing i think i've had enough sleep now for the rest of my lifetime i'm pretty good (laughs) <laughs> Not on drugs this morning, though, Brett. This is just all natural charisma. I thought it might be. <laughs> um, Sab, I've got an area about a cricket pitch in length that I want to create a, a new hedge for. Yeah. Um, we're in up and it's had a mixture of plants, including one of your favourites, Diosma. Yeah. Um. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pleased it died. <laughs> and I'm wondering about putting putting a hedge of camellias in, but just wondering if we're a bit too alkaline here for that. Um, look, if you build it, are you on a bore or is it going to be, hand, you know, like a scheme water? No, we're on a bore with a sand filter. Oh, you've got a sand filter in it? Do you yeah. know what I do before you do anything, Brett? I test the pH of your water, test the pH of your soil 30 centimetres down, now, I've grown camellias successfully in my garden and I have a very alkaline bore, but I fairly... So what you'll need to do is you'll need to get some clay and you'll need to get lots of compost and some cow poo. Yeah. 
And if you Alrighty. if you dig that into the trench zone of where you're putting your camellia hedge, now don't get Sasanqua, get Japonica. Okay. And I reckon they'll do okay. I reckon they'll be fine. People get Sasanqua because they say Sasanqua is to- sun tolerant, but it's not very tolerant of alkaline soils. Whereas the Japonica, which is the old fashioned one, which has the bigger leaf and the bigger flower, is hardy as hell. Well, because don't they suggest Sasanqua for hedging? Yes, they do. But if you're yeah. in Jalorup, I would go Japonica. There's no reason okay. why you can't hedge a Japonica. Yep. Plant. All righty. Easy peasy. <laughs> okay, we'll give that a go. Thank okay. you. Okay, beautiful. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Brett. Let's head straight to Liz, who's down in Mandra. Hi, Liz. Hi, hi, girls. Um, my question is thoroughly boring, and I used to get <laughs> so bored with people bringing up about. <laughs> and now I own two of the darn things plus a line. Oh, my and, Lord. Oh, well, yes. You know. Um, anyway, that the branches have gone up past the um, roof. Am I allowed to cut it back at the moment? Oh, or I hope I... you are, Liz. Go oh. hard. Perfect time to do it. In fact, oh, oh, is it? Oh, yeah. okay. You know, you know, Liz. You can get chainsaws that are literally they're battery powered handheld chainsaws. Well, funny you say that. <laughs> After. After listening to that chilly trip thing, I'm yeah. not even going to go and look at my roses. Uh, I'm not going anywhere near them because no. I just would commit hari kari if I had to do all <laughs> that. that man has uh, to do. But you wouldn't. You may not have it. Let's hope. Oh God, please. Let's yeah, hope. Not. Yeah. But for so, your lemon now, yeah. lemon and limes, you can fairly hammer your lime tree. Oh. My lime tree is massive, and my sister pruned it last year, and I yeah. came out and went. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I right. thought, that's it. I won't get limes for another 15 years and I'll be dead by then. But came back a treat. Oh, so okay. you can prune both of them by two-thirds. Two-thirds. Yep. Okay. And it doesn't matter. You don't have to sort of go to the inside out or the outside. No, just, just hook in, pop Liz. It, Hook in. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And it wasn't good a boring stuff, question. Wasn't that boring? No. Was it? She was. If she there was, was an award sport. for the most boring question, Liz wouldn't even no, be. Would, no, not in the 10. running. Not in the running. Not that we dare tell anyone if they were no. in the top ten. But no. we enjoy everyone's questions here on Roots and Shoots. Though you were talking about hammering mm. um, the lemon tree. Now someone else had similar. Question here. Uh-huh. I just want to go to it while we're oh, Sabrina. Can we cut back very hard in capitals mm-hmm. our olive trees, which are screened along our back fence and are getting out of control? Absolutely. So um, M is it M? Yes, yeah. M. Yep. So uh, remember, with olive trees, it, all throughout Europe, they do not let their olive trees get any more than three meters because mm. of the the pickers that come through the machines. Olive trees are far better when they are pruned hard. So you can do that once every two or three years. Uh, you can you can cut them down so that they're two and a half, three metres high. They do not need to be higher than that. If there's an award for text of the day, it's got to go to Linda. Hi, ladies. Oh. Hope you will be back to normal soon, Sabrina. Oh, I don't think that's it. <laughs> I don't. I can't. I can't remember when I was normal. Perhaps in the normal. first six Normal's months. overrated. Yeah, six months of birth, maybe. You know, till I. Nah, I bet. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> it's ambitious and cute, but never going to happen, Linda. Actually, when I was born, my father did well because we were in Lay in New Guinea, and um, the the white pickaninnies were quite sought after. And uh, my father was offered lots of pigs for me. Really? Yeah. Didn't accept the offer though. <laughs> my older siblings were very disappointed because they liked <laughs> they would have wanted a baby pig. <laughs> But no, they got me instead. No, you're still here. Oh, lucky. Um, Linda did want to know, though, she's mm. just emptied her kitchen compost items into her big compost bin outdoors and it's full of cockroaches. What can she do? Oh. Um, so that's the recycling green bin. Okay, so what you do is someone will be mowing their lawn this week, someone. Yep. You go and collect, take your drag your bin around, 
collect all those lawn clippings, put them in the bin so that it's at least 30, 40 centimetres deep of lawn clippings. That inside the bin is going to heat up like you would not believe and it's going to cook, said cockroaches. Wow. Yep, they just cook. I couldn't think of a better death for a cockroach. <laughs> not our cockroaches. Our cockroaches are lovely. Australian cockroaches are beautiful. Right. But, but the, those American and German cockroaches, you just want to cook them up. Yep, that'll do the trick. Okay. And then you go to bed at night and you go, oh, those cockroaches will be sizzling <laughs> You're right now. sicko. <laughs> We need to restore some order in this conversation. Um, I can't even remember. I think it's Trisha that I'm up to. Good morning, <laughs> Trisha in Bayswater. Good morning. How are you? Ah, very well, Trisha. Actually, thanks to you, Sabrina. I now have a pet rat that's stuck behind my um, fridge. Oh. You, I, think it was, I think it was last week. The cat brought it in and it was hiding. Ah. Missed, the, missed the open door and you went and said how... How our rats are all actually quite healthy except eating things in the garden. Yeah, yeah. So I've, I've been rolling strawberries and grapes down the side <laughs> of the fridge. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm not sure how we're going to get him out. <laughs> you, have to, you have to put him on a diet now, Trisha. Are you trying to, you're trying to coax him out, are you? Well, Sounds like she's trying to make him pretty comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> the fridge is being moved next week, so he's on his own then. Uh. He's going to have to try and make it across the floor <laughs> and out the house. Oh, I, te- I tell you what they do love the most. The thing they love the most is snails. So oh. now you've got wildlife inside. You may, you <laughs> may well bring the snails in. Bring the snails. Oh. They love snails. I reckon part okay, of the joy... <laughs> I think part of the joy is trying to get the snail out of its shell. I think because rats are, you know, they get bored with just eating strawberries and blueberries. and <laughs> Great. <laughs> anyway, what, what I really rang you for was... Yes, yes please. A, a, cape, a cape lilac has seeded, courtesy yeah. of the red, red-tailed cockatoos next door yeah. in the cape lilac. Anyway, it's a couple of metres from the side of the house. Yep. And in one way, it would be nice to keep to get shady. Yes. It's going about foot a day. It's heading to heaven. Yes. Number one, do I keep it? And if I do, do I cut the top off to make it go bushy? Is it only two metres away from your house, Tricia? Yeah, yeah, about Ooh. that. Well, you know they do drop a lot of seed. They do, and the cockies just make such a mess. I wouldn't have a – I love Cape lilac trees, don't get me wrong. I love them, but I wouldn't have a Cape lilac two metres from my house. No, okay then, that's my answer. But you can dig it up and move it. Uh, okay, that's a thought. Mm, yeah, but it's way, Maybe I'll do that. way too and close to And if I do house. that, do I still cut the top off? Yes, 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 yes. Run? Oh, yes, 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 absolutely. And you can because do that now. it's just a pencil. Yes. It's just a pencil. Just a pencil, okay. yeah. All right. Yep. So well, thank you for that. It's my pleasure and good luck with your rat. <laughs> oh, no. He's only got a week reprieve. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's coming in, so we'll... We'll open everything up, but I'm amazed cats haven't got him yet. Uh, you got it, Tricia. Oh, when you, you have to get to, when you see him come out, he'll probably be a fat little oompa loompa. You'll it have to <laughs> take a photo and send it in to us. Yeah, but he's just loving those strawberries and grapes. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Tricia. Please, please keep us updated. That That's was um, far too enjoyable to. I I, I liked when. Trisha said, oh, what I really called about, I'm like, yes. that would have been perfectly fine if your rat right. story was That's what you were right. calling for. Um, I'll be ripping out my roses with thrip. Aww. That treatment sounds like some form of punishment. Now my plums have it too. No, that's a different thrips on your plums. I don't think it would be thrips on your plums, actually. People must go out, particularly during chilly thrips season, please go out and buy a magnifying glass. You need to and get take a piece of paper and tap, tap, tap. Mm. I don't think it's chilli thrips on your plums. So, and I know what I just described sounds arduous, but you have to remember there's people absolutely love and adore their roses and they're not going to rip them out because chilli thrips may not always be a problem. We may have to weather it for a few years and then some other pest comes in. Speaking of weather, what do you know about Waluna? 
Ah, Waluna, it's beautiful weather. All right. Scott and Rebecca have a query. They're from Waluna Remote mm. Community mm. School. Yes. They're improving the infrastructure for their school garden and they want to build a shade house to grow vegetables in. The conditions are hot, dry and yep. windy. Yep. Um, they're looking at shade um, cloth. Mm. And they they need some help. They're unsure. So yep. basically, the company can offer fifty percent shade cloth, too much, or antivirus insect mesh that offers between twenty to twenty five percent protection. Okay, so Waluna does get really hot in summer, but fifty percent is too much shade, even for Waluna. I would go to the twenty twenty five percent protection because um, so in summer you're very restricted with what you can grow in Waluna anyway and I've been to the the school there um, so I know the school and I know the gardens but I would stick to 20 25 percent yep okay beautiful let's slip in a couple more calls before we put in your pick of the week Sab we'll start with Judy who's in Carlisle hey Judy hello morning Judy morning We've got a pumpkin vine mm-hmm. and something eats all the female flowers. Oh. Doesn't eat the male flowers, just the female flowers. How so we've been out there sort of hand pollinating and all that yeah. sort of thing, but very often it's hard to get the So so the whole or even the petals are gone or Yeah, all the petals and oh. it sort of looks like biggish chunks. Um there's lots of ants on them all, but um, oh, they're just after the pollen. Um, yeah. That's really interesting. I can't think what I mean apart from rats, because uh, grasshoppers wouldn't know the difference between a male and a female flower. Yes, yeah, so my um, daughter's been finding some grasshoppers, but we freeze them all and feed them to leave them on the driveway and let all right. the other creatures come and eat them. That's a good idea to freeze them. I've never thought of freezing them. I just cut their heads off with the secretaires and leave them out. Oh. I sound like a mass murderer this morning, don't I? Yeah, I'm concerned <laughs> about you today. I'm just sitting here kind of gawking, staring, shaking my head a little bit. There's certain things I don't tolerate. That's all right. I might move a bit further away. Um... Back to so we your haven't found pumpkins. any grasshoppers in the vine. No, um, they move too quickly. Um, I don't. I truly don't know. I can't imagine what would just be going for the female flower. I mean, the female flowers, the male flowers have actually got more pollen in them than the female flowers. Unless yeah. the female, of course, all females are sweeter than males. I mean, that goes without saying. But I just don't know, Judy. I really don't yeah, know. So it, sort of, it looks like large bites, but um, <clears throat> I was wondering whether it might be those um, rainbow lorikeets that sometimes... Oh, those mongrel bite. things. <laughs> Do you know, it could be them. They usually don't feed on the ground, though. They usually feed higher up. But the rainbow lorikeets have, have become a major problem in Perth, and I know people look at them and go, oh, they're so pretty. They're mongrel things, <laughs> and they're taking over all the nesting areas of our native birds. They make me very cross. I have them yeah, in I my garden. Uh, it could be the rainbow lorikeets. Well, this vine is growing up a fence, so if we've got ah. wire on a fence growing up in the air. Yeah. It's not well, let's blame the rainbow lorikeets rather than the rats because we've had a go at rats <laughs> this morning. So we'll move our displeasure on to rain. But it could be rainbow lorikeets, Judy. Okay. So really we don't know. No, I've got no idea. I haven't heard that before, but that's a very interesting quandary that you have there. But I reckon it, I'm going to ask a bird expert about mm. that because rainbow lorikeets eat anything that's sweet and the pollen in the female flowers of the pumpkin uh, is actually very sweet. So could be could be the case. How interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. Another one where we need Judy to keep us posted. I know. If she solves the mystery. I know. We need to know about it. Uh, it's... 26 to 10. It is that time again. It is Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. 
Terry, Verna, Anne and Carol hang about. We'll come to you very soon, but yep. we're going to slip in Sab's pick of the week. Yep. Need any introduction? Well, we're going to do a little bit of um, <laughs> disco, disco for anyone that wondered what the hell that was. Just one more time. And just. Okay. Uh, and we're a little bit frightened where I was going to take them then. Um, <laughs> but this is, so this is a French-born American DJ who's put together this great mix. So his stage name is Tez, Tez Katie um, and it's called CV. Let's have a listen. There we go. That's pick of the week. What did you think? I'm sure your text will... Um, start rolling through with some feedback for Sabrina. Sam from Jero surely would be. Oh, Sam from Jero's already been in. Ah. As soon as you said the word disco, I ah. just about turned the radio off. Ah. But that's the thing about Sam. Sam, Sam doesn't, doesn't follow no. through. No, he doesn't. Nah. Is annoyed for a little bit. Yeah, and then he's fine. Offers Comes feedback, back. carries yeah. on. Yeah. Wife laughs at yeah. feedback. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's how our Saturdays roll. We like Good Sam. to hear from you, Sam. Um, loved listening to Sabrina yesterday on Mount Lawley Golf Courses Trees. Ah, yes. We had a big hoodang with Nadia uh, yesterday. Ah. So um, the um, golf course, the Mount Lawley Golf Course, has uh, said that they're going to take out 550 trees from the golf course and replant something like, I don't know, 2000 but they didn't quite make the distinction between the the revegetation area and the trees that are actually around the course itself so i was talking about the trees around the course itself gotcha. so uh, anyone who's interested in the mount lawley golf course because that amount of vegetation affects the entire suburb not just the golf mm. club I'd suggest that you do a little bit of research, you talk to the city of Stirling and make sure the canopy trees are actually going back in, not little shrubs or three-metre trees. Yeah, yep. Uh, Susan from Claremont, who sent that text, just said a couple of weeks ago she suggested contacting your local member regarding tree preservation on private land. Local councils have the power to introduce appropriate laws, so contact them too. It's a message from Susan. Hey, Thumbs up for the song by the looks ah, of things. Ah, ripper. William, George Zampfer on acid. I love it. <laughs> um, Krabby and Coolin says, bloody ripper, Sabrina. Another one says, love the music. Um, love it. Roe, one of Sab's best, but tell Ooh. her not to get too excited. The bar isn't that high. <laughs> From Noel. <laughs> I love that, Noel. Um, Sab's music choices are great. She always picks lots of different genres. Mm, I agree true. with that. Um, sorry, not one of your best. Oh, okay. that's our first bit of negative. Yep, fair Off for enough. a walk. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to have, what was it? Sev, Taz, Tez, whoever Tez, playing while Tez, you're off on your walk. Tez, Katie, while you're walking. Um, Karen in delightful Denmark oh. just wanted to let you know that an answer for the shampoo problem is use shampoo soap. Still hard with one hand because mm. you get stuff in your eyeballs. <laughs> Do you know what I should do? You it's close just, those. I should, oh, oh, is that what you do? Yeah. Well, I was yeah. thinking what I should do is just go to a hairdresser. Oh, yeah. And just go, oh, Nothing better. Can you Absolutely do Absolutely nothing better. Yeah, it's nice. Get a head massage at the same time. Yep. I think I'll just do that. Hello to my hairdresser, Katie. She's always oh, listening. Oh, is she? Yeah. Does she do? It's so nice having so nice. your hair washed yeah. by someone. It is. Blow dried. Yeah. It's just a beautiful thing. Well, I've only got eight hairs, so they don't need to blow dry my hair. It just dries in about 30 seconds. <laughs> oh, people, people blowing it like this, I go, <laughs> and they go, oh, look, your hair's dry. Maria Ignativa is a special guest of yours, and she, she is, is on the line. Good morning, Maria. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Maria. So I'm so pleased we have got you because a couple of weeks ago we were discussing um, – 
the differences between all the artificial turfs that are available now that people like to put on their front verge um, mm. as opposed to living turf, which uh, people say, you know, is environmentally unfriendly because you need to water it. Um, mm. So I thought, well, let's get an expert in that mm. can actually tell us a little bit about the benefits of having living turf as opposed to plastic grass is what I term it <laughs> as, Maria. But uh, yeah. I am, of course, biased towards the more biological stuff. So, And I know that you've done extensive research, so I thought it'd be really great for everyone to listen to the difference between the two from someone who knows a lot more about it than I do. <laughs> Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I would gladly do that because you know I also did this research uh, not only here but also in New Zealand uh, and in Sweden mm -hmm. and also in United States. So I, um, I can tell you that um, what is the main concern of uh, these artificial lawns, plastic lawns? Uh, first of all, it's a uh, heat, uh, and you know uh, in our uh, experience when we studied in um, UWEA of uh, researching um, uh, temp uh, temperature with different uh, uh, living grass surfaces, ground covers, and artificial lawn actually uh, reduce, uh, uh, reveal the results, then um, artificial grass can be hotter 30 degrees compared to the uh, wow. turf grass. It's 30 degrees. 30 degrees so, uh, hotter? Yeah, yeah. Than... And it's not only my data, it's actually scientific data from other researchers. Wow. In, in this area in Western Australia. So in uh, our, everybody can uh, see, see our experiments and see that this unit temperature uh, it's uh, 30, sometimes 32, you know, so it's uh, over 60 degrees in hot days and now summer when we experience this year. Yeah. And, and another one, it's actually a plastic lawn that reduces urban habitat. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, also suppress soil fauna uh, and also uh, polluted runoff via plastic and synthetic particles. Mm. And uh, we actually not know exactly its harm of the environment, but I can tell you that um, it was experienced done in the UK about hydrological impact of artificial um, grass uh, compared to living grass. And what they uh, reveal uh, that the runoff is much greater, of course, uh, from um, artificial lawn compared to living grass. Yeah. And the most uh, dangerous is that plastic thatch and grass fibers were also shed from artificial grass installation during experiments and were carried in runoff. And you can understand what what does that it mean. That does, yeah. Well, that's really interesting. And I think the other thing, Maria, is uh, people don't understand when artificial turf is removed, what happens to it? It doesn't, I mean, it just doesn't break down in an environmentally sustainable way, does it? Absolutely. And, you know, uh, and in, in most countries, people don't know what to do with that because mm. it's the plastic, you know, now we're trying to be environmentally friendly, sustainable, and we're using this artificial grass. Mm. Uh, this is actually very, very strange. And I know, and, and this is concerned about, you know, watering and the uh, shortage of water and restrictions of water, but there are ways, you know, and now um, all scientists are working on that because lawn is actually a very hot topic uh, in, mm. around the globe. There are different ways of uh, saving water, using grey water, and then uh, looking for the uh, biodiversity is another main concern, as you know, uh, for the Yeah, for I was going to ask you about that. Mm -hmm. So I, I know in, well, my lawn's been down for 20 years, and if I dig down, even if I go 600 down, it is black, beautiful, biologically alive soil with heaps of worms and so what's the difference in the biology of the soil underneath living turf as opposed to underneath um, artificial turf and it's first of all suppresses soil fauna you know so that nothing can grow and we don't know you know too much about it yet it will be like research mm. uh, for future a really serious research because uh, uh, especially in our climate 
So, but the definite is to suppress the soul for and it's no exit to any kind of habitat. Mm. And as I said, you know, I understand the people's concern, uh, but you know, there is a special research right now, try to search for the more environmentally friendly and buy more biodiverse lawns. And you know, you have a, your old lawn, and uh, it's there are some other plants, not only grasses, and actually they provide the habitat. And also there are other options, like especially for the private private uh, lawns and verges. You know, now it's a big research going on the uh, creating kind of woody meadows, for example, as a low-growing yeah. plants. Yeah, Ground woody covers. meadows are the go, aren't they? They're um, the <laughs> yeah. wild, wild places. Yeah, yeah, and also now in the verges in the, in the cities, and it's actually a very big movement around the globe. Of course, in northern hemisphere, it's much easier to do because they have like a meadow environments. But uh, here, uh, there are a lot of interesting plants that can be planted on, mm. on verges, mm. and it's even and I know competition on this um, uh, composition and uh, management of them. It's like a low growing ground covers that actually much. And I can tell you from our experience in UWE, it's much cooler, of course, as well. So there are different ways and uh, to uh, to research and find the solutions, kind of environmentally friendly solutions for uh, using uh, lawns, like living lawns. But definitely artificial lawns is actually, in my opinion, is pretty evil at the moment. Yeah, an environmental nightmare, <laughs> I would say. Maria, thank you so much. And it's it's really important to have people like Maria Onro because they're the ones that have been doing the the scientifically based research mm. for many many years and you know artificial turf you're seeing more and more and more and people make that argument that it doesn't require water but it's if just you convenience. well the thing is if you if you prepare the area well your lawn doesn't need any more than two waterings three waterings a week mm. but it's all the environmental issues as well so yeah. thank you so much, Maria. That is sensational. You're very welcome. Thank you. That's uh, Maria Ignativa there, lawn researcher. And thanks, Sab, for teeing that up for us. A couple of texts came through while Maria was talking. Um, I can believe the artificial turf makes it hotter than your estates in Stirling, for example. Feels like you're in the desert. Fake grass everywhere. And the smell is terrible. That's mm. from Soph, who's in Bassendine. Sabrina, every day I drive past the best living grass lawn, which I believe is part of a garden design you did along the river in Peppy ah, Grove. Yes. The greenest green I've ever seen and especially appreciate yesterday for uh, Thursday uh, for St Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day. Yes, that was one of my gardens. Mm. All right, it's uh, coming up to 10 to 10. We've got a full bank of calls and plenty Whee! of texts still to answer, so we better get moving. Let's go. Gardening with Rowanna and Sabrina on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Carol from Swanbourne has been waiting super patiently. Good morning, Carol. Good morning, girls. How are you? Very Good. well. How can we help? I've just got a question with um, my, it's a pumpkin um, vine and also a cucumber vine. Now they're only producing one sex Mm. of flowers. That's been the go with a lot of cucurbits this year, Carol, and it's to do with the heat that we've had. So So how can I introduce the other six? You need to prune. So oh, okay. the, so with pumpkins, you can take a third off because once you start getting the lateral growth, um, then you'll start getting the female flowers coming on it. So male flowers are most predominant on pumpkins, uh, especially during heat waves. But, and the same with your cucumber, Carol, just prune it. Okay. And then you'll start getting the girlies coming out to play. <laughs> Good on you, Carol. A couple of quick ones, Sab, on the text. Helen in Hocking, what size pot should I plant a tree bougainvillea? A tree bougainvillea? Tree bougainvillea? I suppose it's grafted. Uh, 45 litre. Okay. Roger, we have planted a variegated ficus benjamina in Mm. the ground. I'm aware the roots are invasive. (laughs) Would heavy pruning keep the roots at bay? Nope. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Good luck with that one, Roger. Because those variegated ficus benjamina that people have as an indoor plant, they think, oh, that's pretty. I'll put it out in the garden. It'll get to at least 30 metres high and 40 metres wide eventually. Um, Jane, Janine from Spearwood, just going mm. back to the grass quickly. Hi, Sab and Rose. So happy to hear your voice again, Sab. Hope you're on the mend. Great chat on plastic grass. My question is, if you have plastic grass and dogs, wouldn't it start to smell? How Abs- would you clean it? You it can't. most definitely does. It stinks. 
Um, good morning. I would like to remove some fake grass in my yard that was already there when I bought the house. Mm. How can I get the soil to recover? Ah, good question. Go and get yourself a bucket of soil microbes, some landscape mix, a little bit of clay. You're going to dig all that in and the soil will recover quite quickly as soon as you get rid of the plastic that's on top of it. Um... And just one last one on the lawn meadows. In Scotland, they're trying to encourage farmers to grow hay fields rather than repeat silage cutting to oh. encourage the endangered bumblebees. Ah, oh, good old bumblebees. <laughs> they're lovely. Back to the phones now. Verna in Kalgoorlie, good morning to you. Good morning. Morning, um, Verna. I have, I have a black beetle larvae problem in my wicking pots and wicking beds and lawn really? everywhere. Then. Oh, wow. Really bad. Yeah. Thousands, hundreds of them. Oh. Oh How do I get rid of them? <laughs> Okay, there is, so you can drench the soil with neem oil, but there's also okay. a grub killer that's not nasty, 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 okay? Um, yep. Because presumably in your wicking beds you've got food, plants growing. Yes. Okay, so you, I can't give you a product name, but it's a grub killer, Um and if you look at, you need to look at what the active constituent is that it is made from, and it's probably bifinthrin. So, oh, how do you spell that? So you don't. <laughs> what you don't want is you don't want a grub killer that's a, an organoph- organophosphate. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. So B I F T H I N. T A no no I need to B I F I N no I'm going to write it down because okay B I F for Freddie I N T H R I N right yeah by Finthrin yeah that's the killer <laughs> yeah that's okay so in vegetable yeah 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 so and okay. so is neem oil. Verna, right. but you know, in your wicking bed, I don't know. I'd I'd be taking everything out and redoing it because the problem is you don't know where the eggs are. Yes, I'd put it out on um, black plastic for the birds to eat. There's okay. still hundreds left in there, and oh my I couldn't goodness. get rid of them all. Yeah. Um, I have read about nematodes, but they're very expensive, and getting oh, them here might yeah, be a problem. Yeah, yeah, the parasitic nematodes, <laughs> get yourself a bucket of those soil microbes because that's actually got a bacteria that might actually attack those grubs. Don't know, but it's worth a try. Uh, thank you, Verna. Good luck with that. A couple of other texts uh, about the, gr- the uh, plastic grass. Yes. Hi, Sabrina. Is there a brochure on this that I can put in a neighbour's letterbox who is preparing <laughs> to put down plastic oh, grass? My but goodness. Maybe just a little note with a link to the podcast. Well, yeah, the, a little note to that. But also, um, if you give your neighbour the link to the research that was done at UWA, mm. um, where they compared and measured what happened with with fake turf compared to real turf, you can just send them the link. They can click on it and have a look at it, but it may fall on deaf ears. Yeah, <laughs> quite possibly. <laughs> um there's uh, – what was the other one? There's a couple of more texts there that I was going to get through, but the screen's just moved up on me. Um, morning, Sab and Ro, Wasn't there a recent news story about sick quokkas on Rotto nibbling at fake grass? Yes, there was too. There you go. Yep, so you could Google that. that. That'll come up. And Carolyn Kingsley, don't forget about the carbon grass absorbs yeah. and the oxygen given out. That's why my soil is black, because lawn captures carbon. Apart from the fact the magpies feast on everything <laughs> on my lawn. This is true. Terry and Dianella, good morning to you. Okay, I've uh, got a couple of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, missed out on the during the week about the ash going on the gardens. Yes, uh, that's I fine. Always, what am I uh, ash going on to fruit trees, lemon and um, lime? Yeah. Uh, just the general ash and also the carbon. Um, residue. Yes. Is that still all good? Yep, absolutely. Just don't use a lot of it and don't use it on the same plants all the time, Terry. Okay. Frangipani transfer, is that in April? Uh, No, too late. I would be doing it now. You need to do it this month before it starts getting cold. Okay. Uh, There was a talk about um, one of your uh, replacement ladies. Um, We're talking about a clay 
Uh, we used benedite or bened- bentonite. Bentonite. Bentonite clay is beautiful clay. Is there, one, is there one called with starts with a C? Yeah, kaolin clay. Is that a K, is it? No, with a C. Okay. Um, can you leave frangipanis too long when you f- find them on the Bring Out the Dead? Oh, God, no. God, Fran- <laughs> I've, I've got friends that forgot that they threw a frangipani behind the shed and it was there for two years, planted <laughs> it, and off it went. <laughs> Good God, on you, Terry, Terry. Terry had a whole novel there. I was wondering how no, long the list might go on. I reckon it may have gone on and on and on. <laughs> I was quite impressive the way it was like a checklist of <laughs> what's to come. Um, Savvy Norell in Darlington would like to know. She's got some health, some very healthy grevillea plants in her front garden, but they don't flower. The soil pH is 6.57. Is there anything? I'd give them some trace ele- elements, Narelle, and a little bit of um, powdered sulphur around the base of the plant because powdered sulphur is good for about three weeks. Might be enough to get kickstart it to flower. Brian in Witchcliffe, what are some good screening natives with non-invasive roots to plant around a leech drain? Oh, a leech drain. Um, you could have any of the leptospermums which are a tea tree type thing. You could have uh, any of the tropical grevilleas would do really, really well. You could have any of the melaleucas. You could also have kumzia. Uh What else could you have? That's probably enough to I think, yeah, start we've probably got the ball with. rolling there. Yeah, I reckon uh, so. Time for another one. Kenny in Corrigan mm. would like to know, I was just wondering when to pick my watermelons. Rip a tune earlier, yeah. by the way. Uh, Kenny, you're a man of excellent Flattery taste. Flattery gets you everywhere. Um, now, the same thing as I was saying with the pumpkins, Kenny, although it's a bit harder to determine with watermelons, the stalk that holds the watermelon on will change colour from green and it too will start to go a bit brown. Um, and you do the same. <laughs> See if there's a little hollow noise there. Uh, but you d- definitely go by the umbilical cord. Okay. Browning off. Um, how do you prune cucumbers, Vivian Margs would like to know? Oh, with a pair of scissors. You just, <laughs> you just, pot. you just, you cut wherever you feel like it. Really? Don't go too hard. No more than a third. Okay. Uh, footy continues today, the opening round of the AFL season. 11 o'clock, the first game, Geelong versus Essendon for the day. I think there's three games today. But the boys will be in on Sports Talk in five minutes from now. They will have all of the details. You have one hour with them to get your calls in, 1300 720 or you can send them a text, 0437922720. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.